Mid-Modcast number 50. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. They'll know you've arrived when you drive up in the 1958 Edsel, the car that's truly new from nameplate to taillights. Connie! Now your host, Walt Disney. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to that tip-top terrific and splendidly prolific waltz down memory lane, the Mid-Modcast. And here are your Mid-Modcasters, Craig, Paula, and Dave. Hey, thank you, Alan Marsh, for that wonderful introduction, as usual. Alan Marsh, the voice of the Mid-Modcast. <laughs> I'm Craig. Who are you people? I am Paula Person. Paula People. Paula People. Well, rabbit, rabbit, everyone, this is Dave. Do, do you guys do that in Ohio? What? Huh? So... As we're recording this show, number 50, by the way. Number 50? Yeah. Um, it is November 1st, and um, there there is a British uh, superstition that says if you want to have good luck uh, during the new month, you have to say rabbit, rabbit on the first. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of such a thing. I've never no? Heard that. No. Hey, it's yeah, worth a shot. Rabbit, rabbit. It supposedly stems from, you know, rabbit's feet. Yes. Yeah, so a rabbit's, rabbit's foot, foot is good luck. So you, you know, say that's rabbit, That's funny rabbit. because yeah. in Italy, if you want good luck on New Year's, or I'm sorry, November 1st, you eat pasta because that's what you eat most every day. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm making stuff up. Oh, you are. Okay. 1965 is the year we're talking about, but we didn't do the housekeeping. Uh, Paula, course. would you like to give people the hotline number? Sure. 206 309 2204. 306 309 2204. All right. Wow. Now you I sounded like the guy from Office Space for a moment. Oh, there. stapler. I need my stapler. <laughs> You're echoing. Me. I am I am really out of it today, so I'm gonna be slap happy and goofy, but uh, How, how's if, that different than any other day? Well, I'm <laughs> sleepier than normal. Uh, okay. So there's that. Uh, I have a wife who woke me up early and then I couldn't go back to sleep. Sorry. We won't talk about her. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you're also headed out of town and you have a plethora of right. podcasts to yeah, edit and put I, up. So. I recorded five podcasts today already. So Holy this is number cow. six. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> If you would like to email us, midmodcast at gmail.com. Find us on the internet at midmodcast.com. And uh, do subscribe to this podcast. If you're not a subscriber, you should be. And give me a five-star rating because I deserve it. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people people like me. Uh, Actually, it's Dave is the nice guy and Paul is the sweetheart. And I just push buttons and make snarky comments. So that's kind of the way that it works. <laughs> anyway, 1965, a lot of great stuff happened in 1965. The most important thing that happened is the love of my life was born. Ah, thank you. So, yes, birthday tomorrow, even as we record. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. 19 again. Happy early birthday. Thank yes. you. Yes. Gonna yeah. be a good one. So, I will turn it over to you since you have the Reminisce magazine. Oh, By my the goodness. way, if you don't get Reminisce magazine, you should check it out. It really is a cool magazine. It is. Uh, every episode is just a time capsule so of, of really, uh, every edition, I'm sorry, <laughs> is, is just really fun to look at. And uh, Paula has the one with 1965. Five, in it, so. yeah. Time capsule, 1965. 19- 65. Oh, and they also have people write into the magazine with their memories and stories and people sell it, send in pictures. It's kind of a geriatric magazine to tell yeah. the truth, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, among the hearing aid ads and the wheelchair ads, but it's still often maybe, cute. Maybe we should write into them and ask them to sponsor us. We should. Yeah, because yeah. so, we're the plugging official, them on our show. We could be the official podcast of right, a little magazine. Yeah. Time Capsule of 1965. All right, go for it. From the official podcast, President Lyndon B. Johnson sends combat troops, 3,500 Marines to Vietnam, civil rights marchers in Selma, Alabama, brave attacks prompting passage of the Voting Rights Act. Tethered to the Gemini, Ed White is the first American to walk in space. Iron workers in St. Louis weld the final piece of the gateway arch into place. The Rolling Stones release I Can't Get No Satisfaction, their first number one single in the U.S. Muhammad Ali keeps his world heavyweight title, dropping challenger Sonny Liston with a KO in under two minutes. Boom. And Merriam-Webster adds these entries. Bogart, not bogey, but Bogart the slang for bullying and later for monopolizing something such as cigarettes. Inspired by the actor's tough guy oh, image. You, you know what? This now it makes sense in Breakfast Club when he says, stop bogarting my doobage or my something doobage. like that. You, you say that sometimes. Don't bogart the yeah, chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, but I didn't know cookies. where that came from. I just got it from Breakfast Club. So. Oh, that you got it from Breakfast yeah. Club. I didn't know that. Uh, Don't yeah. bogart. Yeah. So it's like it's he's right top and he had a style of smoking. So that's how it ended up bogarting. All right. So we also have doo-wop, vocal groups who sing in harmony and use the nonsense syllables that gives this music genre its name, including The Temptations, who released My Girl. Convenience Store. Quick Trip and Quick Shop opened their first, I love Quick, K-W-I-K, opened their first locations, adding to the trend of small stores designed for speedy grocery runs, especially outside traditional hours. So Convenience Store. Empty nest syndrome. As birth rates decline and families move more, some parents feel let down when their kids move out. Flash cube. Oh, you remember the flash cube? (laughs) Kodak adapts some of its cameras for this cheap add-on that lets photographers squeeze off four flashes shots. Four. Four flash shots in a row. right. Right middle. Four. Hippie. We got the hippie. A movement flowers among young people who reject the Vietnam War and resist authority and tradition. Those darn hippies. That'd be my like no, grandfather. Wait. I'm against war and I resist authority, but I like tradition. What I know. Does, how do how does that work? I know, I right? Know. You wouldn't be a hippie hmm. then, huh? Yeah, no. I'm, um, I'm, this is interesting. Kiwi. Mm. Growers in California established vineyards of the Chinese gooseberry which is renamed for the country that exported it. New England, New England, New Zealand. <laughs> Correction, New Zealand, the Kiwi. Lava lamp. How many of you yeah. guys have had a lava lamp? Oh, I, I love our lava lamps. You, we have two. You have two. The problem is yeah, we the have... wax degrades over a period of time, and it, yeah. it kind of becomes this murky mess. But I've... Well, yeah, I've noticed our older one 
the wax works fine still, but the the liquid is is kind of foggy now. Yeah. Uh, but we have a newer one that's yellow, and it it works great. Yeah, groovy kids, you're groovy <laughs> from Dave. 1965. Wow, you're groovy. Yeah. Could they covet these hypnotic <laughs> mood lights with colorful blobs of undulating wax? Yeah. Undulating. Mm. Nice. Ma- I know, I like that undulating. <laughs> Macrobiotic, holistic lifestyle guru George uh, Osawa. Osawa. You. Oh, oh no, oh, you're right. Osawa. Osawa. You are all Sanpaku. <laughs> Inspires Westerners to try living and eating in harmony with nature. The mini dress. Ooh. Yeah. Model Jean Shrimpton gives a simple reason why her dress stops a scandalous four inches above the <gasps> knee. Not enough fabric. Ooh. Pop art. Young artists use commercial objects such as soup cans and later celebrities in their provocative work. Skybox, the skybox, a luxury enclosures for select patrons high above the nosebleed seats are just one of the sports stadiums first at the state of the art Houston Astrodome. The talk show veteran TV host Merv Griffith gets a new syndicated show that gives him 90 minutes for in-depth interviews and world-class chatting. Merv Griffin show. I miss the Merv Griffin Aww. show. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see the Seinfeld, Dave, where <laughs> where Kramer gets the Merv Griffin show set? He basically the, yeah. saves it, it from the dumpsters. The dumpsters. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool <laughs> mid-century modern looking set. It's, awesome. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And the word teeny bopper. <laughs> At Shea Stadium in New York, the Fab Four can barely hear their own playing over the screams of 55,600 mostly female fans. The largest concert crowd in history. And the wheelie. Introduced in 1963, Schwinn's popular stingrays are favorites for this balancing act. Mm -hmm. To do a wheelie. Nice. Cool, man. I had a stingray with a banana seat. You did? Did you have the the gear shift on it? No, it was a one speed. Did it have little tassels coming out of the... No, that, that's for girls. Oh, really? But oh, you know. use a clothespin and a playing card, and you make it. You got right, man. Yes, I remember. It didn't last very long, but it was that playing card. It's pretty sweet. Are you ready for the sound? I am. The sound of success. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk And in 1965. This anti-war sentiment grew, and many people heard the lyrics of this song as a call to unity, the sound of silence. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound. I never thought of this as an anti-war song. It really wasn't, but they kind of made it into that in 1965. I guess you could do that in 1965. At least according to Reminisce magazine. (laughs) So did you know that it was originally called Sounds of Silence? Hmm. Uh, I thought to this day that it was actually Sounds of Silence, so (laughs) there you go. It is just one sound. And did you know that uh, Simon and Garfunkel, who who recorded and wrote this song, were originally called Tom and Jerry. I did know that. No, I think you I did. Knew that too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just crazy. <laughs> they were just two 16-year-olds having a good old time recording, and in, they recorded this single in 1957 called Hey School Girl, and it was this kind of Everly Brothers-influenced ditty. And these two guys from Queens, New York, their buddies enjoyed 
this trance, just small stardom from this minor hit, which made it into the middle of the Billboard charts. For, so for the next several years, they tried to duplicate that first effort, and they didn't have any success at it, Tom and Jerry. But then they went to college, and they disbanded and kind of let the whole gigging musician thing lie for a while. But then in 1964, the pair reappeared with this new sound and their real names, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel. As Columbia artists, Simon and Garfunkel recorded their debut album Wednesday morning, 3 a.m., with an acoustic work of Simon originals, folk songs, and traditional tunes. Released that October, the LP sold up 2,000 copies. Wah, wah. It was kind of the victim of Beatlemania. So Simon and Garfunkel again went their separate ways. And one of the album's tracks, though, was that Sounds of Silence, which was be later called Sound of Silence. And it was a tune that Simon had composed in 1963 while he was still living with his parents. And he said, I used to go out, here's his quote, I used to go off in the bathroom because the bathroom had tiles, so it was a slight echo chamber. I'd play in the dark. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. A powerful social statement, the song warned against alienation and indifference towards others. And as an anti-war, as anti-war sentiment grew, many heard the lyrics as a call to unity. Without telling either of Simon or Garfunkel, Columbia Records producer Tom Wilson added some drums and electric guitars to the song, creating a haunting folk rock appeal with Top 40 appeal. Released in October 1965, the 45 skyrocketed to number one in the months following. And it heralded a new stardom that those two friends only had dreamed about. And I was kind of wondering a little bit of the backstory. What does this song mean? And um, Garfunkel wrote the lyrics to this song kind of in... um, a dedication and um, inspired by one of his best friends from college. His name was Sanford Greenberg. And one month after they became friends in college, Stan Green- Sanford Greenberg um, lost his sight. Hmm. So, but uh, hmm. Garfunkel stayed close with him. They were best friends. And so he wrote this song in honor and to dedicate to his best friend, hmm. talking about the darkness that was enveloping him. As his life became a dark, as became he's, he he became blind, but on a happy note, San, Sanford Greenberg ended up being a very successful man. I'll have to look up what he did. I can't remember, but he had a very successful life. I'm going to guess it wasn't photography. No, probably no. not. <laughs> uh, as a guy who majored in commercial photography, as a first major uh, who's had three cornea transplants, it just wasn't a good fit for oh, me. Oh, okay. So you know <laughs> of what you speak. Yeah. So if wow. you're going, yeah. I still enjoy photography, but now I, now that I can see. Yeah, he's had much three better. transplants. Yeah. So I'm not just being a callous jerk. I, okay, thank I, you. I'm actually one who it's from your experience. runs into walls, but usually that's just because I'm not paying attention. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's what he says. But that's fascinating. That that really yeah, is. And, it makes sense. And I love Simon Garfunkel. We were talking about The Graduate earlier and uh, how they did the soundtrack for that. 
and just so much great music in that movie. Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, you were saying that, you know, you, you thought you loved the movie, but you realized it was the soundtrack that you really love. <laughs> yes. And uh, plastics. 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 Is there so much <laughs> kitschiness? goofiness to that movie i don't that's why i like it yeah <laughs> and a lot of cringe too <laughs> i is, love cringe there is a lot of cringe <laughs> and, i love it and you do love the cringe that's yep. true well i am going to pick it up from here and we're going to talk about the top 10 hits of 1965 so we'll start with number 10 my girl So if you didn't catch all 10 of those, number 10 is My Girl by The Temptations. 
Crying in the Chapel is number nine by Elvis Presley. Can You Hear My Heartbeat? Herman's Hermits, number eight. Help, <laughs> the Beatles. Downtown, Petula Clark. Gotta love that. Uh, You've Lost That Love and Feeling, The Righteous Brothers. Uh, You Were On My Mind, number four. We Five is the name of the band. Hmm. Number three, I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Number two, I Can't Help Myself, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, The Four Tops. And number one, the one-hit wonder, Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. And if you go on YouTube and watch it, it's funny because the band is dressed up like a bunch of uh, wandering nomads and uh, the lead singer is wearing a turban and it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm declaring 1965 to be the year of Herman's Hermits, though. Really? Uh, They formed in 1964, but in the Billboard Top 100, I think they had five hits in 1965 on the Top 100. Uh, Herman's Herbits came on strong and they're still together. They're still gigging and, uh, you can wow. hear them oh, somewhere. Wait. Yeah. We didn't probably see at that. your local retirement home. They were something. in Akron and we didn't go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They were part of that, uh, that groovy tour. Yeah. The, the cow sills was, was the on cow it. Sills. Yeah. Oh, wow. Shoot. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> there's your top 10. But uh, I really, I always liked Herman's Hermits. Uh, Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter, was always one of my favorites. And uh, they wrote the whole British invasion. The Kinks also were in on that. And, of course, the Rolling Stones. So when you think of the British invasion, don't forget Herman and his hermits, <laughs> I'd say. So that's it for the music for now. Uh, I'll talk about TV shows in just a few minutes. But uh, I'm throwing it over to you, Dave. All righty. Thank you, sir. So, hey, you guys, this year marks the 56th anniversary of the St. Louis Arch National Park, as it's now known. So when you guys lived here in the Lou, did you ever get to visit it? Yes, Yes, but I had been before. You had been before. That's a that's a vacation stop. Yeah. Yeah. You too, Craig. Yeah, I've been there several times before you moved. Well, I went to graduate school. You know, I went to seminary in St. Louis. Right. So was, yeah. And did you both travel to the top? Yeah. I did the you, top. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I got in with my friend Gary. Uh, and uh, back then I was quite a bit larger than I am today. And Gary has me by about 200 pounds. So oh, we, wow. we got in those trash can things that are basically, right. you know, <laughs> they they say it's an elevator, but it's basically a big oil drum that you said. Right. Well, I'm going to talk so about those. We're too. wedged in there. It was it was a can of lard is what it was. I <laughs> went with I was a teen and I went with my whole family. So I remember my sisters, two sisters, me and my mom and dad, all five of us fit in one. Right. The, yeah. They see five. OK. So, all right. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to talk about that. Or two Gary's uh, in just a little bit. Dan. But, or one Gary, one Craig, and one Dan. There you yeah, go. that's five people. There you go. Uh, no. no. Actually, yeah, that's about right. It, yeah. But Dan's, he's skinny. just a skinny little guy. Yeah, I remember just like I, I, after I did it as a teen, when I moved there, I would take company or I'd visit. And I'm like, you've done it once. Oh, yeah. You don't really need to right, go again. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> I think Beth and I have been once as a married couple, but growing up, I, I went, you know, like on a field trip and okay. one of the cool things, I guess, about growing up in the Midwest, got to go to the arch. Yeah. Field trip. So it was a field it trip. It is really cool. And the, the view yeah. is. The video is good. The view is pretty spectacular up there. It really is. So, Paula, like you mentioned, uh, 
briefly in your reminisce of 1965, um, the arch was, or the gateway arch, as it is also known, was completed on October 28, 1965, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do 1965, because October 28 just happened. So it is a 630-foot-high parabola, there's a big word, with a stainless steel skin and is part of a project known as, you ready? This is a mouthful, the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial on the Mississippi River waterfront in St. Louis, Missouri. That's all part of the name? That, yep, including the waterfront and everything. <laughs> well, wow. no, not, oh, okay, not the waterfront part, but yeah, the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial. Uh, so it is a testament to the pioneering spirit of early Americans, as well as a commemoration of Thomas Jefferson's vision of a transcontinental United States. So hmm. there you go. There's a little bit of history on that. The origin of the monument we know today goes way back to 1935 when President Franklin D. Roosevelt designated property along the St. Louis Riverfront to be developed as the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial. Then in 1948, a nationwide design competition determined what shape the memorial would take, and it was Finnish-born American-educated architect Aero Saarinen's design that was chosen from the comp- competition's participants. And a quick side note, um, and I mean, we're all familiar with this stuff. Um, Saarinen's contributions to mid-century design are numerous. In addition to the arch, he also designed the TWA Flight Center at John F. Kennedy Airport, which is now the TWA Hotel. Yeah. Go. Damn, man. Yeah. Is it on your bucket list? Yes. Yeah. So for we need a our mid modcast outing to that. Dude, we do. So do all of our mid modcast fans, if you haven't looked up the TWA hotel at the John F. Kennedy Airport uh, Flight Center, uh, be sure to do that. And uh, he also designed, Sarnin also designed the main terminal at Washington Dulles International Airport. In mid-century furniture design, his most famous pieces are the tulip chair and the womb chair, which were both produced by the Knoll Furniture Company. So are you guys familiar with those? I don't know what the womb chair is. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's got, it's got stainless steel or chrome legs and it kind of has that, those swoopy side arms. And then just like a curved back. Okay. Anyway, I'll I'll post I'll post photos of them uh, on the uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. So here's another interesting side note. Uh, Eliel Saarinen, Arrow's dad, had yeah. also participated in the competition for the Jefferson Memorial, and the jury mistakenly contacted him at first to tell him he had won. I do so, remember that. Yeah, there was a bit of mix up there. Sadly, Aero Sarnin passed away in 1961, never seeing the comp- completed monument. Oh, that's Construction sad. on the uh, yeah, it, young. He had, he, well, yeah, I think so, and he he, I think it was a brain tumor. Oh man, yeah. So, 
Yeah. So construction on the arch began on February 12th, 1963 and was completed on October 28th, 1965 for an overall cost of $13 million, which is roughly 200 million in today's dollars. It opened to the public on June 10th, 1967. So the arch is construct so when you when you see the arch in pictures and stuff it you don't really get this impression of the construction but the arch is constructed of steel triangles which narrow in size as they approach the summit altogether there are 142 prefabricated stainless steel triangle triangular shaped sections And then once they were put in place, each section had its double-walled skin filled with concrete. And there was also rebar in there to to reinforce it as well. Um, There's actually a really fascinating Academy Award-winning short film slash documentary uh, from 1967 called A Monument to the Dream about the arch's construction that shows the various methods and equipment that they had to come up with to build such a structure because I mean, no, nobody had built, you know, like an arch shaped, you know, memorial or tall tower ish looking thing before. So they, they, they were kind of figuring it out as, as they were going. And by the way, I, I didn't send in, send in any sound clips this week. I wanted to get a, a soundbite from, from that uh, documentary, but um there's there's no copies on YouTube or anything. Huh. You you can see it if you go to the Arch, the visitor center. Um, it's actually like a preloading thing before you get in the uh, tram. Yeah, I like to go that. up. Yeah, yeah it, it's a great little movie. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, many safety protocols were put into place during construction, and not one worker lost his life. Uh, during the building of the monument. That's amazing. Yeah, man. They were really careful. And then between 2014 to 2018, a new visitor center and grounds were constructed as part of a 50th anniversary celebration. Sadly, I've not been down there uh, yet because um, I think it was dedicated in 18. And then before we got around to visiting it, COVID rolled around. So, Hopefully this summer um, or whenever we have a break from school, we can we can go check it out. And then in February of 2018, the new name of the memorial was signed into law, changing it from the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial to the Gateway Arch National Park. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Much easier. Yeah. (laughs) So here's some interesting facts about the Gateway Arch. Um. Not only, as I already mentioned, is the arch 630 feet tall, did you guys know that 630 feet is also the distance from leg to leg? Oh. Seems like I do remember that from watching the video about it. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then, as we talked briefly about earlier, um, yeah, you called it an oil drum, Craig. Um, Yeah. There are trams made up of barrels or capsules in each leg of the arch. Each leg has eight capsules each. 
Um, each capsule has a seating capacity of five passengers seated in a five foot diameter chamber. So they are really cramped in there. You have to like, if you're a tall guy, like we are Craig, yeah. you and I, you, you kind of have to, you know, hunker down as you crawl in there. And then, you know, they're also really compact. So, you know, you, you, you have to sit really close to each other and, yeah. It is an um, intimate ride. Yeah, and and so uh I I watched a really cool video of a of a local guy who um you know, he shot a video of his first visit to the new visitor center and the new entrance and the grounds yeah. and everything. And he he um in his video he showed how nowadays they have a mock up of one of the capsules so you can actually get in it and try it before you get in line to see if you're going to be too freaked out or claustrophobic. That's a great idea. Yeah, it is a great idea. Yeah. They probably do have quite a few freak outs in those things. I I would imagine. imagine. Yeah. Or somebody's like, nope. I'm at the top. I'm not coming back down if I have to get in one of those barrels. (laughs) Yeah. That's a little bit tricky. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're in there by yourself, maybe it wouldn't be as bad, but if you're with a bunch of people, it could be, um, a little, yeah, just distressful, distressing. So the weight of the passengers helps keep the chamber in an upright position as it slowly rotates 155 degrees on its trip to the top. Oh, so do, do you guys remember if you can think back to when you when you went, you you can hear this mechanism right. like clicking, uh-huh. which is it's rotating the pod as you go up. But the interior stays upright because of the weight of the passengers. Anyway, so the viewing area at the top can hold up to 160 people. And there are windows on each side of the viewing area. So you can see the downtown St. Louis side. And you can see the Illinois side uh, across the river. Because East St. Louis is so beautiful this time of year. (laughs) 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 There are no restrooms at the top by the way. So use the facilities in the visitor center before you ride up. Uh, Let's see. The arch is designed to sway as much as 18 inches and can withstand an earthquake. Nice. But it would take at least a 50 mile per hour wind to move the top one and a half inches each side of center. So it's pretty, it's pretty stable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I love this part that we're uh, lumped in with this list. Uh, It is considered a universally recognizable symbol of national identity, along with the Statue of Liberty, the Golden Gate Bridge, Mount Rushmore, and the Washington Monument. Wow. Yeah. That's so happy 50th. Right, right. It's really a great list. So happy 56th birthday. Gateway Arch, 1965. The Arch of the Covenant. So, so Dave, when you drive around, do you do you always say, "Oh, look, the Arch"? Every time it comes into view, you still so, notice it and say something. Right. As as a kid, uh, we would travel. My 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 parents are both from Illinois, so we would you know take car trips to Southern Illinois to visit family. And um, sometimes we would go out past the arch. So coming home, 
we also see the arch and that way we knew where we were getting yeah. close. Right. Yeah. Isn't that nice? That's a nice yeah, that, that was always the thing when we would go to the Illinois side, you know, go to Indiana or wherever. And when you see the arch, we're home. Yeah. We, we know we're back. Except so. for me, it was the San Bernardino mountains. Well, oh, except yeah. when we live in California, so you, you can see Bernardino those mountains. from St. Louis. And you Paula. go, ah, oh, we're home. <laughs> well, that was just mine. Yeah. Yeah. My well, if we're going to talk about skyline alerts, um, whenever I would see the Matterhorn, I knew we were getting close to Disneyland. Oh, yes. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. There, yeah. There that's our mountain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, you know, they had the mountain climbers on the Matterhorn too back in the day. I don't know if they do do that anymore, do they? They did, um, you know, as an adult at some point. I remember seeing them. Well, thanks, Dave. That was pretty swell. Good information there on the arch. All sorts of good stuff. He needed to make his way back into our conversation. Nineteen sixty-five. Guess what premiered that year? Take a guess. (sighs) Smart. You'll never figure it out. Guess. Would you believe? <laughs> Would you believe? Yeah, missed it by that much. So we <laughs> we have uh, from uh, our new sponsors that uh, they don't know are there are sponsors yet. Uh, Reminisce Magazine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a, a quiz, a Get Smart quiz. Are you guys ready for the Get Smart quiz? Yes, I am. But I All used right. to race home after after school and oh, watch yeah. Get Smart, man. So oh yes, I, my Get I am such a fan, and I had a friend who had a uh, Sunbeam Tiger. Like no, Max Lucky. Yeah. yeah, man. Actually, it God. was his brother's, but his brother went off to the military or something, and so he drove his brother's car for a few years. Anyway, Craig, weren't there weren't there four different cars used? And I think it was yes. always based on there was which company was sponsoring that season. Right. We we did. I I already did a get smart segment on a previous yeah. episode, but oh yeah, y- yeah. There was uh, when uh, Volkswagen was a oh, sponsor, yeah. so he drove the Carmen Ghia. <laughs> right. Um, Sunbeam. Uh, Sunbeam. I I can't remember who the car manager was. It General Motors. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, he drove the Sunbeam. He drove a Datsun convertible for a very brief period of time. Which oh, yeah. Weird. And he he had an Opal, too, the Opal? one that looked like a, a Corvette, uh, like a mini Corvette. Yeah. And then yeah. in the initial, uh, the um, um, premiere, what am I saying? The pilot. The pilot, uh, he actually drove a Ferrari. No. Which, yeah. yeah They're making pilot. bank at, uh, at, oh, shoot, what was his branch of the government called i forget control, control. there we go you're you're not going to do yeah, too man. well on this quiz dave oh okay you sorry can't remember control you're in trouble All right got to put All maybe right. we should lower the cone of silence to make sure <laughs> no never i need mind. the sound okay. effect for the lowering of the cone <laughs> all right number one this pair of comedy legends dreamed up the show i Who do remember buck pair? henry Oh, Buck Henry. That's I, the harder was, one for me to remember. Because he yeah, was always on the go. opening credits, and I used to love him in SNL in the oh, early yeah, years. And Mel, and Brooks. Mel Brooks. Mel oh, Brooks. Sorry, ding, ding, ding. You, yeah. guys, you guys win that one. Number two, according to its creator, Get Smart pays homage to these two Hollywood spies. I would guess James Bond. James Bond is one. 
and uh, Inspector Clouseau. Yes. Oh, wow. great. Oh. Was, that, was, that just a, was that just a shot in the dark, Dave? See what I did? There? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> the name of the movie. The first. Well done. Well done, Pink sir. Panther. Yes. The four Pink Panther. Nice. I wouldn't have guessed Clouseau off no, the top of my good head. Job. Yeah. Uh, number three. Well, Max was so bumbling. Oh, yeah. Like Clouseau is. Yes, so. yeah. absolutely. Uh, and sincere like Clouseau, you know, so it's not. Anyway, number three, he stars as the, funny you should say this, he stars as the bumbling Maxwell Smart, codename 86, and she is the brainy but unnamed Agent 99. Who are the actors? Barbara Feldon. Barbara Feldon. And Don. Don. Uh, Adams. Don Adams. Adams. Very good. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember the animated cartoon? What was it called with the walrus and the penguin? Oh, yeah. Tennessee uh, Tuxedo. Yeah. He, Tennessee he did the voice. For, yeah. Oh, he did Tennessee Tuxedo? Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> yes. All right. Number four, the agents work for this counter espionage agency based in Washington, D.C. And we already talked about that. Control. <laughs> Control. Number five, this is the evil spy network trying to take over the world. Chaos. 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 It wasn't it with a K A O S. Oh, was it? K A O S. Yes. I think so. Oh my gosh. I've forgotten that. It stood for something that I can't remember now. That's right. Okay. It was funny. It was something funny. I'm going to probably slaughter this actor's name. Dick Gowder plays. Oh, Gautier. Gautier. Very good, Senor France. See what I did there? A little Mexican and French together. Uh,. This is how I roll. What'd I know you enough. Say? I know enough French, Spanish, and and Spanish and Italian to make up my own language. That's oh, basically wow. the way I roll. That'd be fun. Uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> where was I? Oh, Gautier. 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 Yes, plays this robot who was best man at the wedding of Max in '99. What was the robot's name? That was oh, Jaime. Yeah, I didn't wow. remember that he was their best man. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't yeah, remember yeah. that either. I knew that one. Number seven, this contraption for sharing top secret information <laughs> rarely works, much to the chief's frustration. What's it called, Dave? Dave. The Cone of Silence. The Cone of Silence. Number eight, 86 ties to another agent, K-13, from his spy school graduate <clears throat> class. Who is K-13? Is it a dog? Ooh. Uh, it's, are we supposed to say the name? Yeah. Oh. Well, oh, it's, uh, remember. Fang? Fang, Fang no. yes. Yeah. Dog Fang. Oh, good job, <laughs> yeah. Dave. Wow. I would not remember. I did not remember Fang. Now, but he was kind of like the dog on the Brady Bunch. You never saw him after like season one or whatever. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fang was, he, he was. Uh, Tiger and Fang. <laughs> They're out in the, Tiger, the right. Thank TV you. show cemetery. The final question. From Reminisce Magazine, our new sponsors that don't pay us anything. <laughs> Max walks through how many doors in the show's opening? Oh, I'm going to give question. you options here. Okay, I'll, okay. Six, seven, or nine? Well, I was going to say five before I, you said you'd give us oh. options. So I'm going to go with six. I'm going to go with seven. Seven it is. Oh. Seven. Because there nice. is the door to the phone booth. Oh, you gotta count I didn't even too. think about oh, the phone Oh, I didn't booth. think of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
1965 was a good year for television, at least for reruns for Craig. Yeah. Uh, I liked 1965 television. I was going to just read the top 10, but I think it's worth going a little further down the line here. Uh-oh. Uh, we're going to go with the top 30. And oh, I'm, no. gonna, wow. I'm not going to talk in any great detail about hardly any of these. Uh, see how many we know. Number 30, Gunsmoke. Oh, yeah. Number 29, Flipper. Number 28, I Dream of Jeannie. Now oh, yeah. you know why I had to go to number 30, because oh, I Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> number 27, Lassie. Number 26, Daniel Boone. Number 25, The Virginian. Number 24, The Jackie Gleason Show. Okay. Hmm. Number 23, one of my other favorites, The Wild Wild West. Number oh, 22. Oh, yeah, man. That was a great one. Yeah. James West. Artemis Gordon. I always liked Artemis Gordon. James West sidekick. He's kind of like the <laughs> Q of... of right. Uh, Is right. the name of the show yes. James West? No, no Wild, 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 Wild West. Wild Wild West, Wild West. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. But you were still talking about Artemis Gordon invented all these oh. awesome gadgets and stuff. Okay. Uh, 22, Gilligan's Island. 21, Petticoat. Junction. junction at the junction <laughs> number 20 i've got a secret i don't know it, that, that must be a game, it's a game show, show. Okay. Yeah. yeah number 19 a wonderful a wonderful the oh, lawrence well. Black show <laughs> number 18 ed sullivan who was on tv ed for years right but always great number 17 a special one for david fritz walt disney's wonderful world of Color. yeah man yeah Good. yes Number 16, <laughs> The Dick Van Dyke Show. This was its final season. Okay. Number 15, oh, wow. My Three Sons. Number 14, this is one that I used to watch on Saturdays on reruns. I don't know why they reran it on Saturdays. Doc Tari. Did you ever watch Doc oh, Tari? Yeah. yeah. It had I, great music, by the way. Yeah, it did. Uh, not that I was really devoted to the show or anything, but it was one of those things where it's like uh, you get up, you watch cartoons, and your dad makes you go outside and pull weeds, and then you come <laughs> back in, you have a sandwich, and you've got very few options of what to watch, but there's Doc Tari. So I do not even right. remember that title. Number 13. This is a great one. The Man from Uncle. Oh, yeah. Good. Number 12, Get Smart. Number 11, I Just Adore Penthouse View. Green. <laughs> there you go. The Number 10, Batman was on Batman. Wednesdays. Number nine, another one of my favorites, Hogan's Heroes. I could still watch that all day. <laughs> Number eight, Be the Beverly Hillbillies. Number seven, ABC. I don't know what that is. That must be like, a, I don't know. Something. ABC was the name of the show. That was the name of the show. It was Not, the number seven show. It was I wonder if it was. I'm I was just going to say Paul. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it was a CBS program, but that's. Huh. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to look that one up. <laughs> yeah. And it's high in the ratings. So. Right. 13,947,150 viewers. Wow. Estimated audience. Number six, The Andy Griffith Show. Number five, Batman. Uh, number four. Batman was in there twice. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Yeah, it was because huh. there's Batman Wednesday and Batman Thursday. Oh, what? right, right, right. It was on two days a week. Right. Wow. Number four, the Red Skelton Show. <laughs> number three, the Lucy Show. Number two. Are you ready for number two? Gomer Pyle, USMC. Surprise, 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 surprise. Oh, my dad loved Gomer Pyle. I love Gomer Pyle. It was you, awesome. You and my dad. Yes. 
I always loved it. Sergeant Vince Carter. You got to love Sergeant Carter. Anyway, the number one show in 1954 or 65, whatever. The Big Valley. No. It's not the Big Valley. It's Bonanza. Bonanza. Over 17 million viewers in the audience. You could tune in and watch Adam, Little Joe, Haas, and Pa. This was the era Uh. of the Western. (laughs) Yeah. Really was. Uh, Loved Gunsmoke. And they always had all these guest stars that you would never expect. Wait, no, Gunsmoke or Bonanza? Bonanza. 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 Did I say Gunsmoke again? You love Gunsmoke. But it was at the bottom of the list. It's okay to love gun smoke too. Yeah. yeah I'm a very special boy. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Bonanza. Uh, it was, it was on from 1958 and uh, still, wow, still kicking. Um, wow. Let's see. W- ran until 1973. I'm sorry. 59 to 73. Oh. That is a really seasons, long run. 430 wow. episodes. Oh, wow. That's a lot of episodes. And they were hour-long shows, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, You know, the thing that I find really interesting is one dad, three boys from three different mothers. Really? And and the the background of the different mothers. If I'm not mistaken, I think Adam's mother was British, and uh, Haas's mother was Swedish or some sort of Scandinavian, and I think little Joe's mother was Creole. She was... was, uh, a French, French gal down in uh, Louisiana, wow. down there. Interesting. I do remember you talking remember about right. that in another segment. Yeah. We're having a little crossover. So I may be wrong on that, but I don't remember. And then they introduced a cowhan named Candy, who kind of became part of the family. And who could really? forget Hopsing? Hopsing was always the comic relief of the whole thing. Oh, really? Running around with his uh, meat cleaver and <laughs> threatening people. Crazy. Good times. So anyway, that's about it for Craig's TV extravaganza Baganza. here any any fond remembrances of any of these shows gang I think at least we... I, I recognize most of them yeah and, and like you said paula a lot of them were you know like after school syndication so you know you'd race home and yeah. watch get smart and the beverly hillbillies and, and i love i dream of genie oh genie <laughs> I dream of genie. Okay, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just sitting days dreaming school and hoping if I blinked hard enough, I'd end up at home. By, like at 245. <laughs> I would like try so hard. Think and blink in it. Dang it. Never worked. Yeah. Well, the good old days. <laughs> I guess we're out of time and out of stuff to talk about for today. But stay uh, swell, my friends. We'll see you next time on... You. The The Mid Mod Cast. So long, 65.